This is Carrie Gephardt, and you're listening to Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice. What we do here is go back, 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 back. This covenant was differently administered in the time of the law and in the time of the gospel. Under the law, it was administered by promises, prophecies, sacrifices, circumcision, the paschal lamb, and other types and ordinances delivered to the people of the Jews, all for signifying Christ to come, which were, for that time, sufficient and efficacious through the operation of the Spirit to instruct and build up the elect in faith in the promised Messiah, by whom they had full remission of sins and eternal salvation, and is called the Old Testament. Welcome back to another episode of Five for Fruit. That was chapter 7 of the Westminster Confession of Faith, pertaining to the character and nature of the covenant of grace as revealed in the Old Testament. We're still in our series talking about the uh, uh, distinctive of Reformed Christianity that we call covenant theology. We've talked about the covenant of redemption. We've talked about the covenant of works. And today we're continuing to talk about the covenant of grace. And last week, if you remember, we talked about Abraham and his participation and his place in the covenant of grace, Genesis 15. Today, we're going to continue on in that conversation, and I want to begin to show you the natural progress, organic progress of progressive revelation. Remember, God promised Abraham that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashores. Well, the beginning fulfillments of that promise are seen in Abraham's descendants who become the nation of Israel. And one specific era of the nation of Israel is the Mosaic era, and it is the institution of God's law on Mount Sinai, and there's been a lot of debate in modern Reformed theology discussing the possibility of the Mosaic era, the Mosaic economy of the Old Testament being a republication of the covenant of works. Well, the first thing we need to understand is that the covenant of works should be understood still as a gracious covenant of condescension by God, where God offered Adam, his creature, the promise of life. And it was not required. It was not necessary. And it was gracious in character, even though we describe it and call it the covenant of works. The covenant of grace is God's response to that, and one expression of that is, as the Westminster Confession of Faith describes, the foreshadowing, the foresignifying of Christ to come in promises, sacrifices, circumcision, the Paschal Lamb, and other types and ordinances delivered to the people, the Jews, which were for that time sufficient and efficacious. So, we, we proclaim, because of the covenant of grace, all people in the church from all ages, Old Testament and New Testament, are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that brings us to this topic of conversation. 
The Paschal Lamb was an expression of limited atonement. That is the L in the TULIP acronym. Limited atonement believes that Jesus Christ's purpose in coming to the world was to save his people, a specific number of people from their sins. And the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, signifies this reality because the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the sacrifice for the people of Israel, not for the Canaanites, not not for the Amalekites, but only for the people of Israel. In the same sense, Jesus Christ came and entered into the Holy of Holies for his people, the elect, the sheep. Well, there you have it. The covenant of grace is expressed in the Mosaic economy and limited atonement foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Until next week, may you bear much fruit to the glory of God. Pfeiffer Fruit is a proud member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Check out more members of the society at reformedpodcasts.com. Subscribe, rate, and review Five for Fruit on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And visit the website fiveforfruit.com to listen to past episodes and to read articles. Until next time, this is Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice.